Hey, Typology family, this is Ian Morgan Cron, host of this program on which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram, Scott Saul's friend, pastor, spiritual raconteur. Welcome to Typology. Thanks, Ian. It's the first time I've ever used the word raconteur, and I'm not even sure if it's appropriate. I've never been accused of being a raconteur, but there's a band uh, by that name that has some pretty good music. Oh, well, good start. We're already talking about music. You have a new book out, Irresistible Faith. Now, uh, it just has come out in January, right? Yes. So it's it's still out there, and how do you feel when a new book comes out? Is it exciting? Is it like, like... you know, terrifying? What is it? Uh, there's anticipa- anticipation uh, of what it might do and where it might travel combined with, with a lot of fatigue, uh, as you, you probably identify with, uh, just being exhausted from not only writing the manuscript, but then going through the editing process and all of the preliminary and, for me, all the shame-inducing self-promotion um, <laughs> that goes along with that. Uh, so That's um, there's a lot. There's That's a lot of emotions around because that. Because you're a three on the Enneagram. You have a strong mm-hmm. four-wing, obviously. I mean, knowing you, right? You have a strong yeah. four-wing. And, and yet, you, so you say shame-inducing self-promotion. Yeah. Now, yeah. a lot of threes would not say that that self-promotion was something that, that you know, aroused shame in them. I'm a three uh, for whom it's very important that you think I'm humble. Uh, and so. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> wow, that's uh, fantastic. So you. I mean, isn't it, don't most threes not want people to think they're threes? Ah, uh, no. Is that not the well, case? Well, no. Uh, that's yeah. a great question. It's a great question. A self-preservation three would not want you to think. Okay, In well, fact, it's very yeah. hard to talk self-preservation threes. Mm. They think they're sixes. Yeah, They will cling to the idea that yeah. they are sixes. But in reality, um, uh, uh, how would I say this? Uh, self-preservation threes would have a vanity around not having vanity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty... Pretty accurate description. <laughs> and there's no confusion about being, being a six because I'm married to one. Oh, and, uh, that's good. The three that's and the true. six collide with one another a good bit. Uh, and so I, I, I know that I'm not a six. Well, so. I mean, to me, um, you know, that, that self-preservation three is fascinating mm-hmm. because of, it's very difficult for them to hear that deceit, let's say, is their passion or their deadly sin mm. because – to them, they actually their self perception is one of virtue. That mm-hmm. I'm, you know, uh, a person who yeah takes pride in my not being a person of deceit, and that's why they will think that they're kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can tell you that I'm I'm a classic exaggerator and uh, a hyperbolic uh, person. So I, I hope I'm not deceiving people, but <laughs> maybe I'm deceiving myself into into hoping that. But but uh, well, it's it's. Uh, I was writing some copy today yeah. for an, uh, a new project I'm working on, and I I said in this copy that you know the whole journey towards self knowledge, mm-hmm. which is so much of what the enneagram is, right? Mm-hmm. It's tricky because we're not made of glass, right? We're not transparent to ourselves. We can't, right. you know, turn our gaze inward and say, look, there goes my mom issues, you know, and, yeah. you know, I can just, they're very clear to me now, right? We're yeah. stuck in the soup of self. And uh, 
So it's difficult to know. And, and I think it's harder for three sometimes than others because self-deceit mm-hmm. is a characteristic feature of, mm-hmm. of their personality. Is that, do you, how has that been in your experience? Is that, is that a feature of your experience? Self-deceit? Yeah. Uh, well, if it were, I wouldn't know it, would I? But, <laughs> but uh, I, I, th- I have people in my life, uh, my wife being one of them, uh, who will help me see uh, when, I'm, when I'm kidding myself. Uh, uh, there are people on my staff uh, as well uh, at the church that will um, you know, expose blind spots uh you know in 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 that regard uh you're being a little bit too you know ambitious and aggressive with this agenda or this dream that you've got um slow down buddy i mean i hear slow down a lot uh mm. from from people around me because i'm uh, maybe uh, deceived into thinking that we're we're a lot more equipped to to move forward with something than, than perhaps that we are. And, and, uh, and maybe there's an offsetting uh, dynamic that happens, uh, you know, where, you know, sort of my, my, uh, uh, sort of ambitious demeanor will, will help, you know, the more cautious types uh, kind of get up and go and take risks as well. But, but, uh, you know, having good people in your life that will, will expose those things, uh, is helpful. And I've got a, I've got a cautious sort of, uh, uh, you know, safety valuing, uh, healthy six for a wife. And, and, uh, and so she brings me back to the ground a good bit. Um, So um, imagine you're, you're speaking to your congregation or to a large mm -hmm. group at a conference, which I know you, you do, you often obviously do both. Um, And you had to make a defense of self-knowledge in defense of self-knowledge. It's an essay, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What what role do you think? Because what you're describing is self knowledge, and mm-hmm. part of where we get it from is others, mm-hmm. like their responses to us. What role does self knowledge play in the spiritual life? Do you think? Like, does it? Well, um, you know, John Calvin once said that you you can only know God to the degree that you've come to know yourself. Because um, the, the degree to which we come to know ourselves is, you know, it, it's a double edged. Uh, dynamic where we come to know our dignity uh, and our uniqueness, which which I think is is one of the things that the Enneagram is is just glorious, uh, you know, as a resource and as a tool uh, to help us see that that no, we're not we're not freaks uh, because we're different than other the other people around us. We're we're unique and we have a contribution to make. But um, you know, the whole shadow side piece is you know what you know those of us who identify you know, in the, with the Judeo-Christian tradition uh, would call sin uh, or would call, you know, being fallen. Um, you know, there are those aspects of, of, uh, of self-knowledge that, that produce brokenness uh, or that produce denial, which, which is classic for my type. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, in, in a healthy scenario, it, it'll produce a level of brokenness and contrition and, and a desire for becoming more than what we are in terms of character and virtue and, and the kind of people that we can be for the world and for our, for our neighbors and such, uh, self-knowledge is key. Um, but I think beneath your question is, um, you know, is it possible? Is it realistic to have it? Uh, and, and I don't think it is without others around us, uh, sort of pushing back, helping us with blind spots and, you know, for me, you know, as the sacred text of my sacred text of, of scripture, all the New Testaments are very helpful for for self-knowledge uh, as well. So you, this book, the, you know, your new book, Irresistible Faith, um, becoming the kind of Christian the world can't resist. And you talk about issues or 
you talk about a blueprint, right, for mm-hmm. pursuing love and, and empathy and and care, mm-hmm. right, expressing care to one another. And what you're describing, though, is the need for human community yeah. and the development of self-knowledge and clearly beyond, right? We, mm-hmm. we turn to the community for other things. Yeah. Yeah, the entire first section is about, essentially, you could say it's it's about the cultivation of self-knowledge before the face of your creator. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter one is called Being Okay With Not Being Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, chapter two, uh, I'm sorry, the second chapter in the second section, which is about that communal aspect of self-knowledge, which leads to knowledge of the divine and knowledge of what your purpose is. Uh, is the dependency that we have on a community around us. Um, and one of the chapters is about, I think it's entitled, uh, Performing Soul Surgery on One Another, um, Being Willing to Engage in uh, uh, Redemptive Conflict or uh, uh, Constructive Feedback, uh, may, may be another way of, of putting it, of being willing to give it and to receive it, both of which require a lot of courage. Uh, and both of which require difference in personality for it to happen because, you know, different personalities see, you know, blind spots in one another and, and help to sharpen one another as a result. But, uh, you know, the key to that is to, to come to each other, not, not with a dagger, but with a, a scalpel mm-hmm. uh, and with, you know, the, the posture of gentleness and, you know, really, you know, the posture of wanting to help the other person thrive and flourish and become uh, an even more wonderful life-giving uh, version of, of who they are. Mm. So another way we develop self-knowledge is suffering. Yes. Um, and I know as part of your story that depression and anxiety have featured, mm-hmm. uh, uh, played a, an important role, right? Now yeah. for a three, I'm imagining in my mind, like if I'm a four, right? Yeah. So I can do depression like no, I mean, I mean, you know, it's yeah. like another day at the Bring office, it on. you know, <laughs> it's like another day at the office, you know, uh, but for a three, I'm always thinking, golly, that just sounds like hell to suffer from depression as a three who's a, one of the most aggressive numbers on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. typically the most, op- one of the more optimistic, future oriented mm-hmm. number on the Enneagram. And of course, when you're depressed, the future looks bleak, right? Uh, yeah. Joy about future and hope about future things yeah. tends to dim. What's it like for a three to be depressed and how how is that informed you know, how is that funded self knowledge for you? Yeah. Uh boy. Um I mean you, you learn what you learn what you're made of when you're there. Uh mm-hmm. when you're in the abyss, right? We don't we don't really know what our character or really even what our personality is fully. Um, you know, when we're in the peaks, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the valley where we're sort of stripped down to the essentials of what we know we ought to be. And, and by virtue of that, what we've, we're coming to know in the Valley, what we're not. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the things that we discover that we're not, which is hard for a three is that, that we're not capable of being self-sufficient. Mm. Uh, we're not capable uh, ultimately of bringing it and of being awesome and of, of making more of our lives and of ourselves. We have, we have great need for forces and realities outside of ourselves, uh, for greatness to occur, uh, around us. And, and, uh, for, th- for a three, that's a hard thing to learn. It's a, it's a hard thing to be reminded of and exposed to. Uh, and for me, when I was, you know, I've been in that abyss in severe ways, probably three times in my life. 
Uh, and uh, each and every time I remember asking God to take my life, mm-hmm. uh, I never considered suicide. Um, that was never, never, thankfully, never a consideration for me, but, but, uh, or self harm, but, but, but I did ask God uh, to, to either, you know, give me relief or give me death. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of it was, you know, precisely what you just said it was a loss of hope, a loss of vision uh, for, for a future that could be better than the present. Mm. And, and, uh, I mean, uh, uh, and I've got a four, four wing as well. And so, you know, s- some of your dynamic, some of what you're saying about the, the dynamics there are, are so true of, um, you know, I look back on it when, when I'm in it, I, I'm like, I'm not saying bring it on, but when I'm out of it, I love talking about it. And, and I love, you know, sort of extolling the virtue of, of sadness because I, I think sadness actually is a virtue and it is part of being a flourishing human being because there's so much in the world and in us and around us that's not right. Uh, you know, lament. And, and, and so I think that's something that your personality, I'd love to hear you talk about this, uh, that your personality uh, is a contribution to the world. The, the, the lamenting aspect of, of maybe a four um, is something that the rest of us need to not say, hey, get over it. Um, but 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 but, but rather to say, hey, tell, <laughs> but tell me more, you know, yeah. and draw me into this because, you know, we all want to we all want to be drawn into the sevens, you know, uh, fun and happiness. Um, mm. um, but none of us, you know, thinks, oh, I really want to be drawn into lament. And yet, at least from my tradition, uh, uh, that's one of the healthiest things that a human being can can do is lament. I mean, if we l- read the Psalms, for instance, there's so much duress and angst and sadness there that leads to joy and, and in fact becomes, you know, the, the launching ground into true and deep uh, joy. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to hear you talk about that. Well, just so, I mean, just for context, I from when I first got sober from – uh, having a drug and alcohol addiction. So that's, you know, 1987. So that's quite some time ago. I went through a f- five-year depression and that, and it was bad. It, and uh, and the particular kind of depression was called it with an agitated state. So not only was I depressed, I was having panic episodes mm-hmm. in the middle of it. It was a very, very hard season. And it was also in a time when we didn't have the kind of pharmaceutical knowledge or options that we have today right it's yeah. like you know basically get the hammer out so you're on your own uh, for a lot of it. And also i was and also yeah. here i was a, a you know a young christian and, and feeling you know like it wouldn't have been appropriate yeah. to have looked i mean you know back then people mm. looked askance at you know anything that mm. was like a medical you know like you were just thought you were crazy right in quiet in silence yeah you know so i mean i think are you tempted to hide it as a four like in, in that context were you oh, tempted to hide it or, or do you wear it on your sleeve or? Oh, man. Well, I mean, it was, I did hide it. And I, but more because my family of origin, you know, this Irish Catholic background, you just didn't show that kind mm. of stuff, mm. you know. But after a while, I couldn't not, you know. And plus, I was getting sober. It was a very complicated sort of landscape yeah. at the time. And I think, you know, when you, you, what you just made me realize or not, or just re- recall maybe is that, you know, if you think about the Enneagram as a big tent, and what each type can do for the other is correct. We can correct each other's excesses. Mm-hmm. So a four can help correct a seven's excess toward the joyful, you know, kind of thing, mm-hmm. which can lapse into denial about the fact that, you know, we live at times in a really, really bad world. Yeah. An unhappy place. Right. Yeah. 
But the seven can also correct my excesses Mm -hmm. toward thinking that everything is bad, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, A one might correct, uh, you know, the um, excesses of, I'm making this up as I go here, right? But um, of a three's tendency to cut corners, Mm-hmm. Right to bring it back and say, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on being principled and quality. We're not going to sacrifice quality just to cross the finish line first. Yeah, you know what I mean. My executive director is a one, and that 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 part of him drives me crazy. Right, but well, he's he's right ninety five percent of the time. Exactly. And so yeah. if you give all those people permission, as you were talking about the, mm-hmm. the sort of as the the yeah. gathered community mm-hmm. to speak into one one another's lives with that scalpel. Yeah. We can correct each other's excesses, you know, uh, in a way that's really whole making, mm-hmm. you know, W H O L just so yeah. I'm clear, everybody whole making. Right. Yeah. Um, and when it's a functional good space, yeah. you know, and as regards lament, I mean, gosh, I'm very comfortable with it. I think that is, but that actually pathos, we kind of reflect the pathos of God into the world and beauty, mm-hmm. often which is communicated through, you know, a dark lens. I mean, um, I think one of the gifts I, that fours can bring that I feel I do bring is you could come in here and tell me anything. I won't blink. Hmm. You could tell me anything mm-hmm. and I will not judge you. Yeah. Literally almost. And I can't actually think if you came right to be like, man, this world is broken. It's mm-hmm. hard. I mm-hmm. get it. I know why you feel or why you think or why you've done what you've done so have a seat and let's just yeah be with it together yeah. now the excess is i could do that to a fault mm-hmm. if i'm not careful yeah so I, i'm gonna come back in just a second and i got a a question for you and uh that i'm excited to ask but first let me tell folks about our uh our sponsor one of the anthony yes sir how you doing buddy i'm doing well how are you doing you know, one of the lessons I've learned, Anthony, <laughs> tell me, is that not everybody benefits from a traditional fifty-minute hour, no, they or do even not. from the typical, typical, the typical weekly sessions. And this is why some people, even though they may have a great therapist, can go to couples therapy or personal counseling for months or even years. Sometimes and we need more. That's right, because some folks. You know, they never really get anywhere if they're just going on a weekly basis. They don't make any progress. That's right. So this is why I'm such a fan uh, and a believer in the intense counseling process at Restoring the Soul in Colorado. Restoring the Soul was created by my longtime friend Michael Cusick to help couples or individuals experience deep change in half-day blocks over one or two weeks. Michael and his team know that sometimes you can't wait months or years to get to the bottom of an issue or to experience breakthrough. For nearly 20 years, they've helped couples and individuals transform their relationships and their lives. So, my friends, if you are looking to get out of the rut you are in, but you can't wait months or years, you can call Restoring the Soul today for a free consultation. That number is Anthony. Three zero three nine three two nine seven seven seven. You know, I have that number run through my head. I think I, I, it's now <laughs> to the point where I use it as my social security number. I swear to gosh, you know. Tell us what they get. Well, first, if they call that number, they can learn how they can, you know, they get a free consultation about an intensive counseling process that can jumpstart their journey. The man himself picks up the with, phone. That's right, with Michael Cusick and... As a special bonus for typology listeners, they can go to www.restoringthesoul.com forward slash typology to download their PDF called 
five ways unaddressed trauma may be derailing your relationship. Mm, that's good. Come on. Come on. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So let me ask you a question. I'll just answer these. You can answer these in yes or no because it's in the interest of time. Okay. Uh, would would you are you willing or do you his, in, historically would you sort of ignore your basic needs right in in order to pursue a dream like you just you just you just throw you throw your whole self into it like like caution to the wind you just dive right in you know maybe at peril to yourself physically emotionally mentally that sort of a thing yes all right do you um do you, are you concerned with aesthetics? Yes. Tell me about that really fast. I love beauty, and and I don't like ugly. Um, well, I mean, I, there's beauty in ugly, uh, right. in certain forms of ugly. Uh, in other words, um, careless ugly. Uh, I should say I, I'm 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 not attracted to that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if, if something can be beautified in, in terms of an environment. Um, I prefer a beautiful one. Yes. Do you so. do you feel any kind of like excitement about um, to use the words of of, a, of another Enneagram teacher playing at the edge? I do, like risk taking. Yeah, and mm -hmm. but it's kind of a dauntless sort of a thing, um, yeah. and and it can be like it can get a little dark, but you'll just like go you'll mm -hmm. take things to the edge, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I feel yeah. like you're a therapist right now. I am a therapist. <laughs> you're, here's the risk. Um, do you find that you, you find yourself often in the liminal sort of pinched space between hope and despair? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is good. This is really good, maybe. Uh, so you're going to be a diagnosis that comes with this? Yes, yes. You are suffering. <laughs> you are suffering from terminal humanness. Do you take an HSA, uh, HSA payment yeah. or? Okay. Uh, do you get? Can you get stuck in melancholy? Um, when things aren't going as planned or hoped for, yes. Otherwise, not. Not usually. All right. Uh, do you get? Can you get stuck in being harshly self-critical? Uh, same answer. Yeah. Okay. Can. All right. Um, you're about to tell me I'm a seven, aren't you? No, I'm just going to tell you what I, th well, <laughs> this is a dangerous thing, but so we've known each other a little bit. We're not like wildly intimate pals, but we're friends. Still we're more waiting, than acquaintances. Still waiting for that to happen. Let's put it so. this way. We're, <laughs> we're more than acquaintances. Yeah. Right. Uh, less than best friends. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I actually think this is true. Now I think this, this may be true of high intuitives. Um, but if once you get to know the Enneagram well enough, you really do to start to pick up on people's energy. And I know that sounds like I'm getting all new agey, right? But people, if we didn't have the ability to, to pick up on, on the energy other people are radiating, we would never have made it off the Serengeti 10,000 years mm -hmm. ago. We would have been, we would have, we would have, we would have looked at lions and gone, mm. oh, look, it's a lion instead of, look, that's danger, dude. Yeah. That, that I'm getting the energy from that lion. Yeah. That, that lion is marking me as prey, right? Right. So oftentimes when, and I don't look at everybody through the lens of the Enneagram. When I walk into the store, like even as someone's home, I meet someone the first time. It's not like, you know, I, when I meet someone the first time, I'm like trying to type them. I don't even think about the Enneagram when I meet people or something like that. How do you not? <laughs> 
you? Well, How do you? I mean, not? I just don't because I think people really? are more complicated huh. than that. And I and I and I don't. I don't know. I just don't. Yeah. I just I don't know. I guess the other thing is I, I'm trained in, in other modalities of psychology. Like yeah. I'm as much a Jungian as I am someone who's interested in the Enneagram. So gotcha. I, I, you gotcha. know what I mean? It's yeah. like right, whatever. Like for example, let me. So so here's where I'm going. For me, and this. Trust me, I've been wrong on this a ton of times, so I'm not saying I bat 100. You don't radiate three energy. Really? No. Okay. Mm-mm. You don't radiate three energy. Ooh. Uh-uh. You radiate... I can't wait to hear what you're Well, here's say. what I'm picking up. I think you radiate four energy. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Okay. So wow. let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Um, which of these two things do you, mostly, do you most identify with? I have a need to succeed, avoid failure at all costs, uh, and, um, yeah, to appear to, I really want to be admired. I would rather be admired than loved. Would you rather be admired than loved? It depends on who's doing the admiring or the loving. Okay. Uh, so, go, it would go back and forth. I so think. let me give yeah. you the other one, the alternative. Yeah. I, um, I feel like there's something fundamentally broken in me flawed that there's some deficiency i can't Mm -hmm. name it Mm -hmm. but i feel it Mm -hmm. Um, in fact i've spent a lot of my life maybe trying to name it but i don't quite know how Mm -hmm. and um i feel like there must be a way for me to compensate or um to yeah to uh overcome the the wound somehow Mm. or make up for it Mm -hmm. in some way in Mm -hmm. the world and but i do carry a lot of shame that may or may not it may not look like this there to other people. Mm-hmm. So if those I'm just describing two types of people, obviously a three and a four. Which of those two that I'm describing feels more like you? I got to be honest. I mean, I, it, it, you're splitting the difference with me on mm-hmm. on these questions. I can okay. go I can go either way depending on the scenario or the day. Right. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah. So one could be you could be, let's say, a four with a strong three wing or a three with a very strong four wing, mm-hmm. let's say, for example. Um, so do you struggle more like when you were talking about deceit? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not so sure you get that the way most threes get it. Do you struggle more with a sense of like like of envy at times where it's like I really um, look at other people's lives other and and i think to myself i wish um i could be as comfortable in the world as uh, have a family that looked like that was like that or a, or a childhood that was more like that you know mm-hmm. what i mean or you know uh, would you say you know a passion or deadly sin for you really is i have presented so many masks to the world mm-hmm. That I'm not even sure who I am anymore. I will say this: that 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 first hour and a half of the day that we were talking about a minute yeah. ago, the the three sort of what I call my own three deadly sins are the three things that you just that I do soul work on are the three things you just you just talked about. Right. Envy. Yes. Uh, you know, and with that, you know, forms of victimhood. Uh, so envy and um, excessive ambition. Uh, and what was the third thing? What did you just finish with? Uh, um, wrestling with masks, right? Not, yeah, not and, and, and truthfulness, and truthfulness. Um, 
Now, I, I, I do not regard myself as a massive deceiver. Um, I, right. I, I, See, I've never and ex- I tell on myself, I'm, right. I'm, I'm very fine, you know, confessing my right. own weaknesses and frailties and, and, right. and so on. Um, but, but I will, you know, cut corners with truth sometimes in order to in avoid. In service to what, though? Uh, awkwardness, uh, you know, to prevent awkwardness, uh, to prevent rejection, uh, to prevent uh, your esteem of me going down, uh, to prevent... Because uh, what would happen then? Um, uh, I would feel emotionally uh, um, drained and maybe experience some some self-loathing, uh, some disappointment, some desire to regroup uh, rather than to repent. Uh, gosh, I mean, we we could go a lot of directions with that. I got okay. a lot of mess going on uh, in there. So. Okay, so let me just say something here. Um, you're going to send me out of here and tell me I'm a four, aren't no, you? I, no, I'm never going to tell you what your type is. I'm just going to tell you that I have, throughout this conversation, I feel like a lot of flags are getting thrown on the field or yeah. a lot of flags are running up the pole for me. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm going, I don't know. Um, you don't radiate that four, that three energy. Hmm. You didn't bring that three energy into this room. Normally if a three walked into this room, I would physically feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not a three that tries to own the room. Like when, when I walk in, I don't try to own it. Um, right, let me I'm, ask you a question. Like into a party or something. When you walk like in, that. you don't. Do yeah, and I, I don't need to get a conversation with the most famous or high-profile people in the room. Like, I don't need, I don't, I don't feel a deep need for those sorts of things. Yeah, you have a tolerance and an ability to articulate feelings, the things that are going on inside of you mm-hmm. that most threes I know do not. Mm-hmm. You are able to describe feeling and mood states mm-hmm. that most threes I know do not. Mm-hmm. You are talking easily about things like lament. Most threes I know, if it's particularly ones that aren't very self-aware, have no energy for that. Mm-hmm. Feelings like that slow you down. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is, no, I can slow down and listen to other people. I can create community. For a time. Okay. See, see there's a patience factor there, too. Like I, I, I tell people, I'm, I'm really good at counseling once. Uh, I, I can sit with you and right. I can figure out who you need to go to and, and, right. and generally what your, sure. your issue is that needs right. to be addressed. Uh, but I need to now refer you somewhere else, um, not only because there's a better expertise on your issues somewhere else, but also because it will exhaust me to continue this conversation. Does it exhaust you because you you're, you have a sort of a more introverted spirit after a while? Or, or because it, it, it's just, you know, I mean. I am an introvert. I am an introvert. But, counseling but, is... Yeah draining mm-hmm. right and you you only to have some s- although our our care pastor yes he, he could yeah. do 60 hours a week count, just yes, counseling I get people that. but i but it is there's a depleting side to it right yeah. i also think um that again i'm only i'm throwing this out at you because it's fascinating to me that all right so your friend emily's in the room right yeah. Okay, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hello. Emily, she, Emily came along with you today, old family friend. Am I crazy? No, you're right. You think I'm right? Well, maybe not totally. Emily right. Crutcher is never going to tell Ian Cron that he's wrong. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Emily, Emily's crazy true. to be going down the road I'm going right now. I don't think so. Patty and I, his wife had, ha- we've had conversations about this before, and she's asked me when he's been out of the room. Hey, tell me the truth. What do you think? Do you think he's a four? <laughs> And Interesting. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I, I can see it split as well. I've seen yeah. him in his 
house in his home in his most comfortable state, but I've also seen him at work. So I see two different sides. Mm-hmm. Right. I see the very ambitious, very uh, eager to succeed, but then I also right. see the very comfortable with being right. himself and being open and talking. And um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a, a dynamic <laughs> right. that's going on. All right. Would people describe you as aggressive? Some people would, but probably most people wouldn't. When you get into conflict, or when you're at home, okay, at mm-hmm. home, or no, anybody with friends and stuff like that, are you? Do you assertively move at it, or in situations like that, or do you tend to maybe pull back and withdraw a little bit? Do you really leap right into it, or you withdraw a little bit? I leap right in, yeah. And if, if I feel passionate or convicted about whatever my stance is, I'll I'll go for it. Mm. Happened this morning, yeah. Okay. Um, it's interesting. Like so, I hope I won't barrel over you, and sometimes I will. And if I do, I, I will be very swift to apologize right. and to you know make it right. Like right. An apology is just is, so, is very easy for me uh, as well. Like if I've hurt you, yeah. and I recognize I do have a capacity because right. of coming on strong to to hurt people. All right, so we got to wrap up. But here's the thing: I'm going to say, you're one of those people that's blurry. Okay. And I, I just I want people to know that out there that that um you know, we tend to to approach the Enneagram and think that everybody can fit neatly into one category so perfectly. But you know, the Enneagram is more like a color wheel than it is a set of boxes around a circle. You know what I'm saying? And there are shades as you go around the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you think about, you know, I guess if what is it, does red and green equal blue? Is that what it is, or what is I it? I think so. Yeah. Right, okay. I think that's right. So if you think yeah. of three as, I guess, as red and four as blue, you may be a redist leaning toward green. You know what I'm saying? Like in other uh-huh. words, on the color spectrum sure. going around, and I, and I say this because you you self-identify as somebody who's assertive. Most the three numbers in the assertive stance are three sevens and eights. The th- people in the withdrawing stance would have been fours, fives, and nines. Mm-hmm. I tend to back away from conflict. I don't lean into it. Mm-hmm. If things get hot, I move out. Mm. And I, I withdraw mm-hmm. emotionally, personally. I kind of move away. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you do. I now, don't. you could be a very healthy four with a very strong three wing. I still, I just still don't know. Yeah. And I love that. I love the fact that I don't know, and I love the fact yeah. that you still have to, you know, maybe or maybe not have to wrestle yeah. with it. Well, my my oldest daughter is going to be elated to hear you say that. Why? <laughs> or devastated. Why? Because that's what she is. She she's a she's a four with with some three. Uh and uh yeah, I think my wife will probably be elated and probably feel very validated. Because uh, we've had the same conversation <laughs> that Patty's had with Emily. She's like, Yeah, ah, I can see both. Yeah. So very interesting. Um very yeah, interesting. Yeah. I'm just telling yeah. you, Scott, I mean this is just a personal opinion. I would never yeah. rarely say this, you know, in, in this setting that Mm. Can I just say, can I make an observation? Can be very, fours can be super ambitious. So don't, people okay. should not stereotype them as like wandering around sure. reading, you know. Sure. You know. And my daughter's ambitious for great things. But, 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 but I'll tell you this where, where I arrived at my self diagnosis was from, from reading The Road Back to You. Oh, well, you see? But, but where I focus the most, and, and maybe this is more of a four thing than a three thing to focus this way, but, but I focused on, on the shadow side. And I felt I felt like I had a lot more three shadow than I had of the any any of the other eight, um, but maybe that's a four thing to look for your shadow. But I, I just didn't find. 
I didn't find I, I didn't resonate with the four shadow side like I did with the three shadow side with with you know deceit right. and with you know ambition and needing to be approved and applauded and seen and around you know important right. things and that sort of thing right I, I resonated with that and so but right. you know um so I, if I were you I would just go and, and I would get Beatrice Chestnut's book and look up a self-preservation four. Okay. Um, you don't feel like a social three to me, for sure. You, I mean, I'm just saying what I'm feeling. And not what I'm knowing is what I'm feeling. Yeah. So, so would Darren Whitehead be a social three? Or wh- what kind of three I think, would he be? I think Darren self-identifies as a social three. Yeah. Would you Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The energy when Darren walks into a room is social three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I picked that up. Yeah. This kind of confident, go yeah. get them. Yeah. I can do anything. Time to own the room. I have yeah. no time yeah. for mm-hmm. stuff that's going to slow me down. When you it's walk into the room, I feel a poet walking in. Mm. I feel someone who's been hurt. I, I can look in your eyes and know that you are, you're not uncomfortable with suffering. Not the mm-hmm. stuff you're saying. You I'm through some stuff. Yeah. You yeah. said to me when you came in the door, my favorite song is Where the Streets Have No Name. Is that what it is? Or it's my favorite current song, uh, Gimme Shelter, uh, probably favorite all time, but but right. Where the Streets Have No Name, you know, yeah. current band. Well, so, so, I mean, these are, that's a very foury song right there, man. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. all about this sort of transcendent longing yeah. and yearning. Do you have that quality? This mm-hmm. transcendent, like there's another country. 100%, yes. Mm-hmm. That's four, bro. Okay. All right. <laughs> that is all. So which is, you the, like be- which is the better number? Would you rather, sit reading, <laughs> hold on a second. Would you rather <laughs> sit around reading Rilke or Tillich? Um, you know, you know what? I've, I've really not spent a whole time, you know a lot I'm of time with either one of them. Okay. But would you, who's your favorite poet? Gerard Manley Hopkins? I'm not really a poetry. I'm more of a literature guy than who's a, your favorite literature? Or the Russian novelist. So I know that's four, right? Like like Tolstoy Dost- and Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you read a book on productivity? Uh, probably last week. Which one? Um, uh, it's uh, uh, New, uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've read that. I'm a four. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is that the there's a very powerful emanating. <laughs> Yeah, energy. About I'm a workaholic you, too. That doesn't. I mean, isn't that a three thing? Yeah, it's an anybody thing. It's an anybody. Okay. Thing, yeah. oh, I mean, okay. I mean, I know plenty I know of fours really? who are, are workaholics. Yeah. Okay. They may. I know lots of fours who are workaholics, and they don't yeah. go anywhere, but they're working all the time. Same with nines. I mean, I know that. Mm-hmm. So my point is, is that it's not really about external traits and behaviors. Don't focus on those. Focus on what your core motivation is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what? Which one of those two is wow. stronger for you? Is it the need to succeed? You know, do you have a driving ambition, need to succeed, to appear successful? Yeah. Are you more of a, you know, um, you know, somebody who wants other people to know what a success you are? And to, you know what I'm saying? Like, or are you somebody who feels very attuned to the world's suffering? You have a more sacramental view of the world. You really see God in all things. And you, mm-hmm. you have this sort of, you have a heart that's broken and you actually don't mind. Mm-hmm. There's some part of that bittersweet experience that's pretty good yeah. in a way, a little intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like you? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all for. Man, I feel like I've just gotten free therapy. <laughs> like really good therapy too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, but, but which is the wrong, better man. which is the better number? 
Definitely four. <laughs> We're the peacocks of the Enneagram, man. Are you kidding? Throw up your plumage. I'm just saying, throw up your tail. Not wait till you get home. But my point is... Are you just that, saying this because you've already over exceeded your three quota and, and you need to get a four no. in or okay no actually just, i have to the other way around <laughs> this is a town full of fours and my problem is oh is okay because of the artists uh, to get in. okay All right. no okay. but i'm just right. saying i mean lots of my friends my dearest friends are threes tons of them mm-hmm. so people like you know i love mike hyatt i love mm-hmm. darren i love bill Matt. haslam's a three what's that bill haslam's a strong i love three. bill haslam mm-hmm. right a mutual friend of ours so i mean mm-hmm. i love bill mm-hmm. right um I have lots of four friends. Andrew Peterson, who's a mutual yep. friend. Uh, Matthew Perryman Jones. Mm-hmm. You have a more, you feel more like Matthew to me than Bill. Mm-hmm. You feel more like Andrew to me than, than let's say, Darren. I mean, you know what I'm saying? In other words, yeah. you bring more of a, you, you're, it feels to me like your lens mm-hmm. um, is more color, but you're the one looking through it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I have an equally good time with, with Andrew as I do with Bill and vice versa. Uh, but it's a different type a different of experience kind. for yes, sure. Yes, I, I yeah. would agree. It's a different kind of for enrichment. Well. But I feel enriched after, you know, I don't feel drained or, you know, misunderstood by either one of them. Right. Um, I'm just telling you, man, you don't, I may be crazy. I have, and I have been wrong so many times about mm-hmm. things. But the times I've been with you, I have never felt you were three. And you told wow. me you were three, and I was like, hmm, I don't know. And, and I've been wrong tons of times because I can't, though I can pick them on people's energy like you can, I can't see their motivation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't, right? They, only yeah. they can tell me yeah. what the real motivation yeah. is. But a lot of times <clears throat> people read Enneagram books, and they'll, they'll read one, and then they don't read others, and then they, because who has the time, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, when they really sort of go the next layer down, it starts to click new lenses into place. Yeah. They go, oh, wait a minute. Because I'll yeah. tell you this. For a long time, I thought I was a three or a seven. Huh. It took me right. 10 months to figure out I was a four. Really? Wow. And because at first blush, you'd say I'm very ambitious. I love to write books. I do like people to admire me. Yeah. I do want – I'm pretty damn driven, Yeah. right? Uh, I like success. I like money. I like beautiful things, mm-hmm. right? But not for the reasons that a three does. Yeah, yeah. It's really about shame. Mm. it's a feeling of brokenness and this feeling I need to repair it mm-hmm. I need to I need to make up for it somehow yeah. and I'm very attuned to the broken world and I'm very attuned to the sacramental yeah. quality of yeah. everything yeah most threes would not I'm just we're gonna we're gonna leave this off most threes I know don't go that that yeah. route they're they're not as attuned to their feelings as you are mm. you like you're describing your own interior emotions in very nuanced ways mm. yeah most threes are like, I have to hold up. This is this is all going off. But I have to hold up a little card going, this is the happy face. This is the sad face. Here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. a little bit out of touch with mm-hmm. feelings. Mm-hmm. You were describing them pretty deliciously. Mm-hmm. Does that, you know what I mean? Like, is that right? Mm-hmm. And actually, in, in, at moments, poetically, mm-hmm. you're talking about lament and you were talking about this broken world and stuff. And I'm going, ah, little sympathetic ring here in my chest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. because i also didn't feel like it was that the brokenness of the world was something that bugged you mm-hmm. now if you're if you're telling me you did that just because you wanted to connect to a four <laughs> no. I'm kind of, you don't no. I've, I've watched you no. in other settings no. even like when we went out that night with bill you know i'm picking up stuff as p- things are going around i'm not like analyzing people mm-hmm. 
but I didn't see you shift your personality or change your personality to accommodate being with Bill and Chrissy. Mm-hmm. I've seen threes literally change their self-presentation to match what they expected the most powerful person in the room wants them to be. Mm-hmm. To win, their, to curry their favor, and to possibly use them as a stepping stone to their next... I don't sense that was the kind mm-hmm. of ambition you have. And it seems to me I can more clearly see you as a four with both a three and a five wing. I mean, I see three characteristics, obviously, but I also see uh, the characteristics of the five as a five wing. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I've got an underdeveloped understanding of the five. I just see the five as a person who likes to read a lot. Well, of you books. have a five. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but, but so. I want to say is yeah. you do, right? Uh, yeah. More than the average person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're highly observant, mm-hmm. right? Are you highly observant? It's or? my job to be, right? Uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean... I know lots no. of pastors who aren't very observant. Yeah, I, I like to see the deep so, meaning, meaning of things, yeah. Right. Scott, thank you so much for being on Typology. This was a very rich and fascinating conversation for me today. Yeah, yeah thank you, Ian. I, I feel like a new man, quite literally. I, I walked in a three and I'm walking out a four. So. <laughs> no, I'm not telling you. Don't do that. Go home and make it a, make it a source of, of, you know, sort of... of, of you know, meditation and, and, yeah. and self-reflection because you may come back feeling next week like I'm, I'm, you could come back saying, after all that reflection, I feel much more confident that I'm a three. And yeah. if that happened, yeah. this was a very successful conversation. Yeah, I'll email you with, with whatever right. the results yes. are. That, yeah. And right. if I was right, we'll announce them. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, Thanks. Typology listeners, thank you so much for, for listening. We love you. Don't forget the words of the great Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. See ya. Wow. Wild quote. You love podcasts, the stories, the laughs, the unexpected turns. But when this episode ends, the silence starts. Not anymore. Audiobooks.com turns that silence into your next great adventure. With over 450,000 titles, from bestsellers to hidden gems, your love for listening just found its new best friend. And because you already know the joy of audio, we're giving you three free audiobooks to start your journey. Imagine your favorite podcast, now with unlimited episodes. That's audiobooks.com. Keep the story going. 
Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. Because for podcast lovers like you, the end of an episode is just the beginning. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.